0: On this podcast, you're going to be hearing some pretty terrible subject matter. We know what you're thinking. That's why we're here. Keep going. However, topics covered may cause emotional or physiological distress to listeners and discretion is advised. Sources for this episode can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to That's Terrible. Keep going. I'm
1: Casey Kay. And I'm Amy Kay. And we are back for your first week of September. Do you remember? What? The 21st of September. Uh, (laughs) I got. I butchered that. Maybe (laughs) cut that out. Anyway. Oh, we'll leave that
0: in. We'll leave that in. Shall we just dive in?
1: Yes. Let's do it. What have we got
0: today? Well, a lovely listener of ours named April shot us a note on Instagram and she simply said, more cults, please.
1: Oh, you mean someone's listening that isn't our family or friends? Some people. Some people. Would you believe it,
0: doll? Wow. It's like we're like
1: a a charity case. (laughs) So thank
0: you for listening, April, and thank you for shooting us a note. Because we are chronic people pleasers on this podcast and we love to serve our listeners, we are doing a cult today and we're also headed to Japan for this episode.
1: Oh, true. Yes.
0: Cool. Have you heard of the cult Amo Shinriko? No. (laughs) No. Look, it probably wouldn't ring a bell, but there's going to be an event that was a very big global event that's associated with this cult. So just know it's a big one on the horizon. Very interesting that we will actually cover something
1: from Japan. You know what else is big? What's big? Those hand movements. (laughs) You do realize it's not a video podcast. (laughs) She's waving around me. like it ain't nobody business. It
0: helps me bring my personality out. I'm bringing the energy to all those people that listen to it. We know we watch you listening to those episodes first thing in the morning. So we know I'm giving you some energy for your morning if you're listening to this. Amy K, Greggy Doll over there is staring at me like I am possessed. Anyway, we'll dive straight in. So this is a cult and it's known as a doomsday cult. I think that's interesting, setting up the uh, the premise of the episode and giving a bit of shiver in your timbers, if you will. Mm. So let me indulge a little quickly as I'm setting up what I mean by that. So did you know that the word cult actually descends from the Latin word cultus? No. An ancient word encompassing the concepts of adoration, education and cultivation. Okay, and from there it became a catch-all term for groups of people devoted to a specific subject. So this could be something philosophical, or a little bit more religious, or even just mundane and material sort of stuff. Mm. But it's kind of more so evolved nowadays to be a bit more radical or an unorthodox group, or, or you know, people that are more zealous and eccentric and have you know a bit more different beliefs and behaviours. Yeah. So we all know that. But nowadays, we actually categorize them under particular types of cults and many common ones, but not limited to so religious cults, so spiritual beliefs that serves um, as a bedrock to the cult. So the type of religions we can think of, or they're kind of offshoots of main religions with brand new kind of extensions of their dogmas or or theologies. Mm
1: Are there any good, are you still going? No. Are there any good cults? I think so. There's like what's deemed
0: just by a classification of behaviours. Like the well being type of cults, the health movement type of cults. Oh, um yeah. if Twilight cults. Oh, let's join. Oh. Oh, what do you mean let's join? I'm already in it. <laughs> <laughs> well and you're the leader of the twilight cult <laughs> uh political cults so like groups on either extreme far left or extreme far right can morph into groups of cults then another one i guess the sex cults so all types of cults that might have a component of sexual abuse uh, but so like all the ones that we can think of I mean, the ones that we've covered have that element. You're
1: obviously not talk- still answering my question about are there any good cults? <laughs> uh, no, this is not. <laughs> Sorry, I just jumped straight back.
0: But some actually focus the sex cults. Some actually focus on sex as their primary function. For instance, in New York, that Nexium one, where they encouraged? Oh, yeah. And it was also about grooming for sexual behaviour. Um, so thankfully that's dissolved, thank gosh. And then... Uh, In terms of today, the doomsday cult. So certain cults come together to prepare for an alleged imminent end of the world. Mm. And so, for example, of this, a very famous one was the Branch Davidians, which was um, they stockpiled firearms and explosives in Waco, Texas. Um, So that was like that compound in 1980 and 90s that prepared for an apparent apocalypse. And that's the one that like led to the Waco event where it was like a famous standoff with the federal government and stuff like that. Mm. Um, So there are other types of cults like destructive or terrorist cults or even like I said, the good ones like the well-being cults or what's known as sects, like S-E-C-T-S, which are types of cults, like smaller sort of groupings of people. Now... All of these cults have usually share following uh, the following characteristics. So it's usually authoritarian control. In that in this case, that's like when the cultism hinges on encouraging encouraging maximum dependency on an individual, and the group have a worship at or like a worshipful attitude towards that group's authoritarian leader. So a really obvious example of this would be Jim's Jones of the Jonestown massacre, or mm. I think. It was originally called the People's Temple um, as it sort of founded, I think it was founded in South, San Francisco, might be wrong there, but then it moved eventually to Jonestown. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, like an extreme veneration towards the leader as well. Mm. Um, and then obviously extreme beliefs and there's usually punishment or consequence if you move outside of these beliefs or you want to um, move. And then obviously isolation from society. So when we covered the Sinanon cult, they they at as our first episode for a cult on Ttkg they try to have you cut ties with people that you're also affiliated with they only want you to be belonging to their group mm. okay enough of the lesson but i just thought we'd sort of set it up in terms of what a doomsday cult would be amongst all of that and of course we have to start with the founder so that's this is now the founder of Armo Shinriku so it's not his name, but that's the name of the eventual cult. So this founder would actually be a man who would one day turn a yoga class into murderers. Mm, what a headline. Mm. I know. So his name was Shako Asahara, born Chizu Matsumoto on March the second, nineteen fifty fifty-five. And that was a, he was actually born in Kumamoto. And that's actually a south um on part of the South Island in Japan. And our brother Maki went there and brought me back a really cute teddy bear, which is oh. like the bear of Kumamoto, would you believe? Oh, rub it in. You didn't get any gifts because <laughs> I'm the favorite. Everyone knows it. And he actually grew up in rather humble beginnings to a poor family of tatami map makers. So I should probably preface this. My butchered Japanese pronunciation might be rife through this episode, but I'm going to give it my red hot crack. Mm. Um,
1: so When was this again?
0: So uh, the event later we'll get to, but he was born in 1955. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. we'll get to when the events sort of happen. Uh, it's sort of 70s and 80s. Mm. Um so he, interestingly, he lost much of his sight to infantile glaucoma as a child and was sent to school for the blind. Oh. It's a poor little thing. But when he was 22 years old upon his graduation in 1977, he left his classmates with few nice things to say about him. Okay. Peers remember him as a bully who wanted money and had few scruples about how he obtained it. Right. After leaving school, he began selling herbal remedies, a career that proved inadequate to support his wife and growing family. Yeah. He eventually strayed into more questionable business practices and and in 1981 was found guilty of practicing pharmacology without a license and selling unregulated drugs for which he was fined 200,000 yen, which at that time was just over 2,000 Australian dollars.
1: Okay. I mean (laughs) – that's like a red light camera nowadays. Yeah,
0: like it's not so good. and It's giving massive throwback vibes to Linda. Do you remember our starvation yes. doctor? Yeah. So a bit of history repeats itself. Uh, it was found, it was at this time, sorry, where things were said to have taken a mystical turn. So Asahara's interest in religion reportedly started when he was fined and he's like, uh-oh, now I've now i'm actually focusing on religious ideology Mm. so he's dedicated his free time to studying the various religious concepts including giant chinese chinese astrology and taoism later asahara then practiced western esotericism yoga meditation hindu buddhism and esoteric christianity Mm. he kind of mixed all of these belief systems together and and in, threw in kind of abstract stuff like prophecies of Nostradamus and began to promote his beliefs in the yoga and meditation sessions that he would now teach others.
1: Probably ahead of his time, really, in the Yogi Bear community. Actually. <laughs> so when, when my sister just said Yogi Bear, she gave me a wink.
0: <laughs> oh, you little dirty rascal. We're a bit cheeky today, aren't we, Jill? I oh, know, it's because I've had my coffee. And I had the two sausage rolls you made me, which were delicious. Thank you. So chef's kiss and a tilt of my cap to you, <laughs> good lady. Um, it, when, when he, so what started in 1984 as a class, so he was teaching these yoga people and he took it upon himself to give lectures when he's doing these yogas, when Ashahara was only 29, in his one-bedroom apartment in Tokyo in the Shaibuya ward, would become a group of followers only by about three years later in
1: 1987.
0: Okay. So the group mostly started as yoga and meditation class, and this was known as Amo Shinzen no Kai. And this actually translates, get this, like, look, (laughs) I'm not having a go, but get this, immortal mountain wizard association (laughs) would you join (laughs) oh no i don't know if if they'd have you doll (laughs) i was never
1: into lord of the rings no
0: you weren't mackie was anyway i
1: hate that movie it's so
0: good cinematic masterpiece i had a crush on what's his name Oh, we'll get there. We'll save it for later. Mm. And it steadily grew in the following years. It gained official status as a religious organization in 1989 and attracted a considerable number of graduates from Japan the, uh, from Japanese elite universities, thus being dubbed as a religion for the elite.
1: Okay. So, That's an upgrade from the Wizards of Waverly Palace to <laughs> yeah, the whatever Immortal
0: it is. Mountain of Wizards Association. <laughs> yes. So, in books and frequent appearances on talk shows, Asahara uh, prom- promised members health and a better life through spirituality, focus, and positive thinking. Well, that, that's fair. So far, fair. Yeah. Green light, a message that garnered him an increasing, increasingly enthusiastic following. Okay, so when I say books, these were like pamphlets and magazines and stuff like and as part of the of the group's kind of PR activity they published comics and animated cartoons that attempted to tie its religious ideas to popular anime and magna themes
1: so well that's a good marketing campaign to be honest oh whose side are you on Do- <laughs> well so far they're not They're too right. bad. Yeah, Devil's
0: advocate. Let Play on. But get this, including like so on these sort of anime and magna themes, they included like space missions and powerful weapons and world conspiracies and quests for the ultimate truth.
1: Oh, still on the wizard. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> as time went on, Asahara's claims grew bolder. So he began to refer to himself as the ultimate saviour and the Lamb of Christ. He offered salvation and promised to take on the world's sins while sharing his spiritual power and wisdom with followers. Mm. So anyway, I think I'll go on later where we actually talk about in the in the Catholic Bible, the Christian Bible where the the verse from John that says the lamb of God who he who takes away the sins of the world. So I mean, it could be something that other people identified with, but he was actually claiming it so people latched onto him. Mm. Pretty tricky. But his lofty vision was mixed with a more sinister message. So young people, he said, should shun parents because parents were part of the present life and not the future. So, Say that
1: again. So he would actually
0: as much as they were, like, encouraging about the future and positive thoughts for the future, he actually said, well, you should shun your parents or leave them because that's about yourself and the past, but we're all about the future. So selfish. It's though. like the synonym cult. Remember the guy was like, that's your past, those are your past relationships, believe in my better future.
1: So he's saying, like, get rid of any burdens or, like, Yeah, it's just so selfish. It's
0: so and it was an effective way to actually cut the youthful followers off from a more reasonable council like their parents, mm. and it worked. Mm. Members developed strong bonds with each other by tapping into the, like the anti-parent rhetoric and lost contact with their
1: families. Mm. I see it all unfolding. As Can you imagine if anyone tried to like separate us? Yeah. Well, So none of them were parents then? They mustn't
0: be. I mean, perhaps they then indoctrinated their families. Um, so I mentioned that many bright minds from uni were joining and that to me is pretty scary. So he was able to get a solid foothold in the country's um, young academics and college students, which to them the cult's ideas were like progressive and a relief after the year, years of high-pressure academic competition and also of the pressures of the life as in the next stages that they faced. So it was mm. a pretty malleable and sort of – you know, receptive crowd when you've just fresh out of uni thinking, here's someone that's a little bit older, a bit of refined thinking in terms of positive lifestyle is very well um, spoken and knew all these religious ideologies. It's not far fetched to think these young, impressionable minds, even as brilliant and smart as they would, would perhaps join, mm. a, you know, a cult or a group, so to speak. Now, at this point, the wizard name turned into Amo Shinriko, which actually means or translates to supreme truth. And they, they were purposefully using the PR to lean heavily into those Christian and Buddhist ideas, but very well articulated to perhaps impress Um, or appeal to what was considered to be more of the shrewd and educated Japanese who were not attractive to boring traditional sermons or preachings. Mm -hmm. Very modern, so very, very clever. So there was some calculation to all this, so more about what the group was doing and evolving into. So within Amo, Asahara was the leader, but he had many disciples, so to speak, and in private they were actually reportedly living pretty humble lifestyle. The only exception is that they would get heaps of donations and one of them just happened to be an armoured Mercedes gifted by one of the wealthy followers. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't say no to a yeah, gift. <laughs> Any donation, Any donation store, is a welcome. Call for sponsors. <laughs> <store>. <laughs> um, the advertisements continued and so did the members. So they would actively promote and do PR. Clever as hell. Um, so how did they make their money though? Of course, they actually charged their followers to join and take part in initial, like, yoga or meditation, but also the rituals. So former cult members had actually testified that they paid handsomely for rituals involving ashahera's hair and bathwater, despite the group urging followers to reject materialism.
1: Hold on. So to have a bath with something hair?
0: So of the leader's hair. Oh.
1: Wow, maybe I should start a cult. Maybe easy money.
0: I know I've got
1: thick hair too, so that's lots of you buffs. do.
0: And we can donate both of our hair mm. merch ideas, lady and gentlemen, mm. guys and dolls. Uh, but one described paying more than uh, eight thousand one hundred dollars. That's a, I translated it to Australian in nineteen eighty nine for a bl- what's quotation mark a blood initiation. Get this, sorry guys and dolls where he drank what was said to be the leader's blood. The growing members stuck with it, determined to belong, even as the group's emphasis on physical endurance and punishment began to take its toll. So he advertised something called the Armo Salvation Plan, uh, which included claims of curing physical illnesses and health improvement techniques. The mental element was also the doctrine surrounding realizing, quote, Realizing life goals by improving intelligence, positive thinking, and concentrating on what was important at the expense of leisure.
1: So, yeah, he was really targeted towards those well-to-do, wasn't he, or like intellectuals? Which
0: is clever. I mean, we've, we've seen when we were doing the Synodon cult, and even Linda's starvation cult, to a sense, appealed to those that can afford it. So in their minds, they're looking for the next level of actualization or attainment or achievement.
1: Mm. And if they can
0: afford to buy into this, it actually appeals to those upper-level people, which you're fools if you're buying into
1: it. It's probably that thing as well, like we're a part of an exclusive group.
0: Exactly, exactly. So members attended, quote, Madness Camp, which was a 10-day summit designed to test the limits of their strength. The aspects uh, of the cult life were shrouded in secrecy, but some who escaped the cult report undergoing shock therapy and being hung upside down and taking hallucinogenic drugs, which mostly people reported was LSD. Even with all of the weird stuff, the AMO cult was still able to recruit a variety of people ranging from bureaucrats to personnel from the Japanese self-defense forces and the Tokyo Metropolitan Police. Right. Okay, so moving along now, we're in the late 80s and early 90s where the group or cult is said to have peaked at around 10,000 people in Japan. And get this, several thousands of people around the world, notably a pretty strong strong base in Russia, which is bizarre.
1: Mm.
0: Asahara himself is now in his mid-30s. Now, remember, the cult actually separated fresh uni students from their families. Mm. So... At this point, they're having all these angry parents trying to save their children. And they began to campaign against Amo Shinriko, claiming that the cult was brain rushing their children. Get mm. this, they actually, some continued to, pro- to protest the group's remaining offshoots to this day. So yeah. it's a full-on and then we'll, we'll try and get a photo. We can post it on our Insta later so you can see. It's actually pretty cute. They The parents organized this protest and would like go outside known locations and have like an organized protest. It's actually pretty adorable to see mm. the poor parents naturally the cult started attracting controversy in the like late 1980s with accusations of deception of recruits holding cult members against their will and forcing members to donate money and allegering allegedly murdering a cult member who tried to leave in the oh february 1989
1: this is just every cult ever under a different guise. yeah
0: rinse and repeat Yeah, <laughs> crazy At this time, there was an anti-cult lawyer who was causing Amo Shinrico trouble by threatening a lawsuit against them, and this lawyer was taking public interviews about the goings-on. He was also exposing extortion by the cult. Apparently, the cult members, quote, commonly took patients into hospital and then forced them to pay exorbitant medical bills. So it looked to the outside that they were paying for something, but this was all just a conspiracy to get them to pay money. Yeah. But mysteriously, this lawyer disappeared with his family and was never seen alive again. In fact, after events that we'll get to in 1995, he and his family were found to have been murdered and their bodies dumped in separate locations by cult members. Oh, uh, there was also evidence of other assassination plans to other important people in Japan, but luckily some of those never eventuated.
1: It's a little bit scary when you've got police officers and bureaucrats on
0: your side. Mm-hmm. And that like that's why they can get away with stuff and build the profile. And they would use that as PR as if like, we've got these members of society, so what are you doing? Join us kind mm. of thing. Okay, so the public was somewhat catching on. Asahara and Amo's paranoia also started to intensify. So they invested heavily in wiretapping. Asahara also upholstered himself in 1992 when he was 37 years old. I mentioned it earlier, but this is when he started to claim to himself as Japan's only fully enlightened master, and he himself was Christ and the Lamb of God. So again, he would actually... Proclaim and repeat where John first, uh, uh, verse twenty nine of, uh, so John the Baptist would s- say to Jesus and proclaim, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." So I mentioned it earlier, but um, again, pretty powerful claims. Mm. But now, perhaps his scariest and most passion belief, he preached and was convinced that the apocalypse was near. Mm. So, again, you start to build this framework to people that this person's the only saviour and you start to prepare to people that the world is coming to an end. So the guru believed that that only initiates of Amo Shinriku would survive the end of the world. (laughs)
1: I've heard of so many other (sighs) Doomsday cults. That do the same thing. So funny anyway. And you think
0: we've had some famous ones in history that it's like – it's like when in superhero movies, it's like other superheroes don't exist; they're the only ones in the world that like they that, that have superheroes. Anyway, um, to hasten a future where only the devout inhabited the earth, they should actually sort to bring the apocalypse to themselves. Okay, so like this is a bit on its head. And, like other cults believe that some other external force is going to bring the apocalypse.
1: Mm.
0: Shin the Shinriko cult, they actually thought that because they are the ones that will inhabit the earth after it, then they should actually bring it forward and promote, like to create the apocalypse.
1: I'd love to hear how they're going to do that.
0: Oh, no, you really don't. It's really bad. So (laughs)
1: that's what we'll get to in a bit.
0: So this means that they would bring that end of the world. So his purported mission was to take others' sins upon himself, and he claimed he could transfer spiritual power to his followers he saw or more so perceived dark conspiracies everywhere, sort of was putting down in the public, um, you know, talking bad things about the Jewish community, the Freemasons, the Dutch, the British royal family and rival Japanese religions.
1: So he was Anyone going off. Anyone who's not me sucks. Essentially, like like basically
0: he was going off. Um, he outlined a doomsday prophecy which included the Third World War and described a final conflict. Uh, Culminating in nuclear Armageddon Mm. Borrowing the term from the book of Revelation So also he didn't make up all this stuff He was just, you know, copying and pasting From incredible sort of religious scriptures Religious scriptures over the years Okay, in the background, the cult was pretty busy as well. The cult tried to gain a foothold in Japanese politics, hoping to wield influence in the government, but after several elections failed to produce the desired results, they kind of abandoned that scheme. But pretty eerily, though, at one point, they actually had 25 elected members in the seats of politics in Japan. (laughs) It's a bit bit scary, yeah. At this point, Japanese authorities officially branded Amo Shinriko a cult, though. So in response, the group began to amass weapons, mostly from Russia, and ran a legal narcotics trade to earn money beyond its donation from members. So things are escalating thick and fast. The proceeds went to a development of a plant that the cult told the outside world was for printing the group's materials, so whatever the hell that means. Mm. In reality, the faculty produced the Nazi-era nerve gas known as sarin right that's like really scary we'll go into that in a sec and remember the cult's early members were like supreme uni students many of whom formed um the disciples of the cult and some of them being like super chemistry nerds who could do all that sort of stuff yeah the plant wasn't the group's first attempt to poison the city though so um, this is where, like, so what are they developing a nerve gas for? Remember, to bring an apocalypse to the people early.
1: Mm, I have heard this case before.
0: Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, I think a lot of people will now be like, oh, this is that famous one in Japan. Yeah. But it actually started with a cult. So in 1993, they sprayed anthrax-infected liquid. So apparently it was actually anthrax spores. I'm not like a chemistry guru Mm. but there's it's it's a different type of poison obviously from the roof of a building in tokyo people in the area apparently reported a yucky odor but thankfully nobody contracted anthrax or was otherwise injured so they failed failed uh so a bit about sarin and what the cult were actually testing after that failed anthrax attempt at the end of 1993 the cult started manufacturing the nerve agent sarin and later what was known as There's a derivative called VX, but we'll quickly focus on sarin as it's an extremely toxic synthetic organophosphorus compound and affects the vital function of the neurotransmitter, acetylcholine or choline. So that is a very actually like sidebar here in neuro terms. It's like a very important neurotransmitter that affects the part of our nervous system, especially when it comes to neuromuscular junctions. So it's... In English? (laughs) Oh my goodness! Amy K is rolling her eyes and shaking
1: her head. No, it's just because you're a, <laughs> a neuroscientist, I <laughs> no. love. I love to talk about dog boasting it. about your knowledge. No, well, oh, let me indulge. You know, regular talk. people do not know these terminology. Oh,
0: let me let me indulge. So it's essentially anything like that transmitter is involved in sending signals that can do things like inflate our lungs or pump our heart, but. It's the tiny micro thing. So it's not essentially motor like neurons that send that message. It is something like even even more microscopic that if a nerve agent affects that, your body cannot actually do motor function. Mm-hmm. Primary stuff that keeps us alive. Terrifying. Yeah. So it's also beyond that, it's like a silent killer or a deadly killer in the fact that it's colorless. Odorless and is used as uh, a chemical weapon due to its extreme potency as a nerve agent. So exposure, to lethal, uh, exposure is lethal even at very low co- concentration where death can occur within 1 to 10 minutes after direct inhalation of a lethal dose.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Death occurs due to suffocation because of respiratory paralysis unless antidotes are actually quickly administered. So people who absorb a non-lethal dose or do not receive medical, immediate medical treatment may actually suffer from permanent neurological damage. So it's serious shit. Mm. If someone is actually infected with sarin, the initial symptoms following exposure are usually a runny nose, tightness in the chest, and then constrictions of the pupils in the eye. And soon after, the person will have difficulty breathing and they will experience nausea and dr- drooling. And then death. Well, and then they continue to lose control of bodily functions, so they might vomit, they might defecate, urinate, uh, and this phase is followed by then twitching and jerking as the body is trying to receive vital um, sort of, you know, functions throughout the body like breathing.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: How terrifying. This actually what – this it's actually widely considered a weapon of mass destruction as well, and production and stockpiling of sarin eventually became outlawed in 1997.
1: Yeah, is this a, a by who though? Well, I like think in what country? I think
0: it was like you know how there's there was like the Geneva War Conventions that came after the World War, mm. and there's, so there's actually I don't know if it's UN. I don't want to misquote because I'm not like an expert, but there are these u- universal war laws and stuff like that, mm. and what's considered a weapon of mass destruction, and they're like outlawed of yeah. the global world or whatever. Yeah, that's good. But get this, and it's coming to our Aussie shores now. Amo actually tested its sarin on sheep at Banjawan Station, or Banjoan Station, a remote pastoral property in Western Australia. Probably Banjoan, maybe because <laughs> it's Banjoan. It sounds boing. All of our Western Australian people can jump at us, <laughs> but they actually now getting serious. They actually were testing it on different mammals and. It was reported that they killed 29 sheep.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's so unnecessary. It's, it's,
0: and how did they – why did they come to assist in Australia? I get it. It's remote. But buzz off. I know. Both sarin and that v- VX compound that I was talking about were then used in several assassination and attempts. Assassination. Assassination. And, oh, and attempts over 1994 to 1995. So they were, like, getting confidence in subtly using this all around Japan. What is it is it gas or is it liquid? Or? Um, I think in this case it's an odorless liquid that it emits vapor and gas so it particles in the air that you then inhale. So what's it go like you have it in a jar and you open the jar? Yeah or bags of stuff and essentially then it becomes a part of our sort of environment or atmosphere.
1: Yeah right. Terrifying. So if you try and assassinate someone, how would you do that without also bringing it in? We'll tell. They were actually crafty. We'll tell you what actually happens
0: in, in the event that sort of transpires, but they themselves would have to r- sort of activate it from afar and then leave. Yeah. So, yeah, that that itself is problematic. Um, so now we actually talk about. Um, a pretty devastating event so on the night of 27th of june 1994 the cult carried out a camp chemical weapons attack against civilians when they released sarin in the central japanese city of matsumoto nagano so with the help of a converted refrigerator truck members of the cult released a cloud of sarin which floated near the homes of judges who were overseeing a lawsuit concerning the real estate dispute which was predicted to go against the cult yeah okay so the Matsumoto incident killed eight and harmed 500 more. Mm. So police investigations focused only on initial local resident, uh, who his name was Yashiyuku Kono, and they actually – he – who was a po- supposed to be a mastermind behind this attack failed to actually implicate the cult at any moment. So he was a part of the cult and were responsible for the implementation of it at that time, but
1: he at, didn't let that on. Yeah.
0: So at this time, they're not thinking that the cult is going to be leading some kind of apocalypse in the future.
1: Did so? They didn't even right. Surely yeah. they could see though. They would look at the judges' cases and and see. Think.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Who knows? So now it was only after the event that we'll talk about next where they actually saw that these things were related um, and the cult was very much involved. So there were also terrible individual assassinations carried out using that sort of poison of who the cult suspected of being either spies or or people that Asahara and his followers wanted for them to disappear. And people... They still actually went undetected at this point somehow, even though they were widely suspected of being the culprits.
1: Mm. Okay,
0: now we finally get to the terrible event that made international headlines and became one of the biggest acts of domestic terrorism at the time on domestic soil. On morning rush hour of Monday, March 20th, 1995, how old were you, doll? One. Aww, little pup. Actually, not even. Not even. You wouldn't even. You've been. Yeah, what, nine months old?
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. Anyway, so on that morning rush hour in on Monday in Tokyo, millions of commuters step out into a bright spring morning and onto one of the world's busiest underground systems. Also on board that train was five bags filled with the nerve agent left by members of the Amo Shinriko cult. The cult members, so asking how they would administer Mm. it, punctured the bags with tips of umbrellas and walked off the station. Mm. So it is clever, but uh, the packages were then obviously leaking. Passengers felt stinging fumes hitting their eyes. Mm. So those close bys were actually very powerful dosage. Mm. The toxins struck victims down in a matter of seconds. So
1: they're on the train.
0: They're on. Imagine that. It's packed rush oh, hour no. on a Monday morning, leaving them. So those ones that were hit and struck, leaving them choking and vomiting. Some were blinded and paralyzed. 13 people died and at least 5,800 were injured in five coordinates attacks on three different train lines so at last police eyes turned to the cult this was too big this was too serious mm-hmm. um, and it was said that they were already watching over some cult members um, and some have actually pulled out last minute as well of some of the attacks mm. In the days following the attack, the group's compounds were also raided. Police uncovered enough biological weapons to kill millions and plans to target other mass transit systems, including New York subway. So it's not only is it a serious effect on
1: Japan, but they were planning the apocalypse all around the world. Also so unrealistic. How many drops would they have to do to actually kill everyone else? Yeah. Uh, and
0: over the next week, the full scale of Armo's activities was revealed for the first time. At the Colt's headquarters in Kamakushiki on the foot of Mount Fuji, police found explosive, like explosives, chemical weapons, and a Russian Mil M117 military cop- helicopter. Mm. That's really serious. While the finding of biological warfare agents such as anthrax in a bowl Ebola cultures were reported. So this is really serious chemical Mm. um, stuff. Those claims now appear to be somewhat exaggerated, Um, but there were stockpiles of chemicals that could be used to reduce enough sarin to kill 4 million people. Police also found laboratories to manufacture drugs such as LSD, methamphetamine, and a crude form of truth serum – And a safe containing millions of US dollars in cash and gold. So during the raids, Armo issued statements claiming that the chemicals were for fertilizers. (laughs) So they're still trying to be like, oh, let's go like PR this away. Mm. Over the next six weeks, over 150 cult members were arrested for a variety of offences. But get this, the apocalypse attacks were actually just beginning. Mm. So this, although this was the biggest one so far. Um, On the evening of the 5th of May, a burning paper bag was discovered in a toilet in Tokyo's busy Shinjuku station. Upon examination, it was revealed that it was a hydrogen cyanide device, but it had not actually been extinguished in time. And it would have released enough gas into the ventilation system to Mm. kill 10,000 commuters. Oh my gosh. On 4th of July, several undetonated cyanide devices were found at other locations in other Tokyo subways. But whilst most members were following out their doomsday plans, Asahara was fi- finally found hiding within a cult, the wall of the cult building known as the Six Satan in the complex of like his the original sort of um factory. Mm. And that was on the 16th of May and he was arrested. So he was actually found in May and other disciples were still following out attacks around Mm. Japan, which is pretty scary. On the same day, the cult mailed a parcel bomb to the office of Yukio Ashima, the governor of Tokyo, blowing off the fingers of his secretary's hand. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: So they were really trying to bring the apocalypse in many facets around Japan. Asahara was initially charged with 23 counts of murder and 16 other offences. The trial dub, as we always hear, the trial of the century, but of course it must have been in Japan, mm. and ruled Asara guilty, Asahara guilty of masterminding the attack and sentencing him to death. The indictment was appealed unsuccessfully, thank gosh, and a number of senior members accused of participation also received death sentences. So... On 6th of July, 2018, so fairly recently, Asahara and six other Amo Rico members were executed by hanging. So those six members were the head of intelligence, the getaway driver that sort of picked the people up and took take, took them away from the train station, mm. the perpetrator of the Sakamoto family murder, so the lawyer and the families, mm. a construction minister who strangled a young member of the cult so it was and so the construction sorry the construction minister was someone from the cult who strangled an, another young member who tried to leave mm. so there was enough evidence that they found and corroborated from ex-cult members to say that that wasn't a, a murder the head scientist from the poison the generating the poison yeah, that
1: makes sense
0: and the the chief chemist and director director from the poison place as well yeah 20 days later, a further six cult members were also executed and these were the members deployed who actually did this, put the subway things and poked them with the umbrellas.
1: Essentially, aren't they terrorists?
0: Yeah, absolutely, yep. And as well as other others that actually were involved in the murder of that lawyer. Yeah. So Japan's Justice Minister, Yoko Kamakawi stated that the crimes, quote, plunged people not only in Japan but in other countries as well into deadly fear and shook society to its core. Mm. Uh, Amnesty International actually criticized the death penalty in this case. While executions are rare in Japan, it was widely known that the public had actually supported the terms of the execution. Mm, right. Nearly finished dolls and I'll end with these last tidbits but um, Shoko Asahari's ashes will be eventually collected by his youngest daughter according to his will. She urged her relatives and cult members to quote put an end to ammo and stop hating society. So her daughter his daughter is eventually going to take the ashes because he's been cremated, but he, she's very much against yeah. Yeah, the movement of everything. And the ashes will actually be kept at a detention centre for some time being for fears of reprisal from other of the remaining cult members and yeah. stuff like that, which is eerie eerie because it still exists today with bigger groups now under the name Aleph and Hakiri Noah. And that's pretty big in Eastern Europe and Russia still.
1: Oh, that is a bit scary what so, have they got going on
0: i know and people think that a lot of the like some other attacks there were those attacks in japan i can't remember if it was um like a transit attack um, or buses driven into crowds and people were quoting doctrines from um shinriku mm-hmm. so whether the legacy is still there is totally frightening but That one was for you, April. So thank you for sending in your requests, guys and dolls. Please feel free to hit us up on Instagram or on our
1: email. And from TTKG, that's it for us. So TT Whale. Bye.